Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Safe Ireland and Airbnb, working in partnership to support domestic violence survivors across Ireland. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. Well, we're nearly there now. Only a couple more sleeps and I hope you're all enjoying the pre-Christmas buzz. Now, it's been a very eventful year, dominated again by the pandemic um, and more recently the Omicron variant and all of the rest. I mean, we didn't think we'd be here at this point, but we are. And look, the thing is, some good things did happen this year. And for one thing, as we've mentioned on this podcast, a lot of women published some brilliant books, for example. And one of those women is on the podcast today. She's Jan Brewton, a neighbour of mine who became a poet almost overnight in the pandemic. We'd grab an early bird at eight. We'd talk and chat and talk some more. We'd link as we walk out the door. On the bus, I'd text to say, my friend... I've had a lovely day. But fuck, what day is it? I don't have a fuck. I teach, I clean, I play, I cook. Before we hear more from Jan Burton, I just want to remind you on this day of days that I just have another important bit of science because we're hearing a lot about science at the moment, but this one is really important. Just so you know, um, the first written account of Santa Claus having reindeer was in 1821. And since then, most people have assumed the reindeer were male. But a scientist has said that those people are probably wrong. Andrew Hebda, a zoologist at the Nova Scotia Museum, says that while both male and female reindeer have antlers, only the females have their antlers during the winter months. And basically, what that obviously means is that Rudolph Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner and Blitzen are all female. Any reindeer right now with antlers is a girl. And so, of course, that means that Santa's sleigh is pulled by a team of strong, powerful, underrated women. And I just thought it was an important point to make as we come towards that jingle bell time. And I want to wish all of our listeners a wonderful Christmas and really to thank you so much for your support this year. It's meant an awful lot. Our listenership has grown. We've had wonderful events, virtual, of course, and connections. And hopefully we've added something to your lives with all the different topics that we've covered. Thank you so much for staying with us. And I really wish you the best time you can have over the next while. Enjoy being with your families and your friends. And I hope that Santa Claus and his uh, female rangers bring you everything that you want. But now to today's episode. I haven't had many people face to face on the podcast all year, but the other day, Jan Britton called round and I invited her into my bed office for a chat 
about the past year in her life, which has led to wonderful creative opportunities and blossoming. Jan basically became a poet this year, and I just thought it was a great story to share with you all. She's a creative anyway, but poetry wasn't something she'd ever tried. And within weeks of writing her first bit of pandemic poetry, she had a book out called What Day Is It? Who Gives a Fuck? Which spoke for many of us in those very grim days of lockdown three in the early part of this year. The book is available in all the best bookshops and would make a great Christmas gift. And I hope you enjoy this conversation from my bed office with the wonderful Jan Bruton. And happy Christmas to all of you. Jan Bruton, uh, you are one of a very select few people who's been in my house to record uh, anything in the women's podcast. I've normally been doing this by Zoom. So it's very lovely to have you in my bed office and uh, welcome. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I hope you don't get too uh, tired and want to sneak off and take a little snooze in the bed, but you know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to come because you've had quite an interesting year, as we all have to some degree. But something's happened with you that you've had a sort of opening up and blossoming of creativity. You're quite a creative person anyway. But I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's really interesting how even in the bleakest of times and when things are really grim, Amazing things can happen. So you have become a poet during the pandemic, which is just wonderful. And uh, would you like to tell us the story of how it happened? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it has had a bit of a silver lining, I suppose, the pandemic for me. It was the end of January this year. And was that lockdown three? That was the worst bit. Yeah, Yeah, lockdown three. It was homeschooling. It was homeschooling again. We had all kind of positively thought the kids might go back to school and then it never happened and everything else. And uh, the weather was crap and it was freezing and we were going to the park all the time and I was absolutely sick of the park. And I um, I had this kind of internal dialogue, which was mostly coursing and me just being furious at the world and furious that I had to get up and cook again and furious that I had to <laughs> teach school again and go for a walk again to the park. And I was sick of the park and I wrote a poem and I'd never written I mean, I'd never written, apart from like, I suppose, shopping lists and things like that, I'd never written, a, you know, anything really in any kind of way before. And the poem was my internal dialogue and included all of my effing and blinding and all of my uh, just like pure frustration, that kind of situation I was in. And um, it was like, I think it was about half past nine at night. I was in bed. My 11 year old was reading a book beside me and I just picked up a pen and a piece of paper and scribbled this poem down and uh, I said to her I've written a poem and she just kind of you know was fairly kind of nonplussed about it so then I went down ran down the stairs to my husband like gripping the paper I was like I think I wrote a poem and he's you know he was completely lounged on the couch picked up the remote pause whatever it was he was watching and looked at me and said are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Will I read it for you? Would you like to read it? Will I get, did you want to read it yourself? Do you want me to read it for you? So he was like, I think you should read it for me. So I read it. And after I'd read it, he again asked, is everything all right? Are you okay? Uh, do I need to do anything? <laughs> and I was like, I'm brilliant. Like I just, I felt like I just expelled whatever the hell it was that was going on in my brain. Mm. And uh, 
I texted it to you and I yeah. texted it. So I'll to... take up the story. I was sitting in my uh, kitchen there and I think I had a big glass of red wine and it was probably late at night. It was around 11 or half 11 or oh, something. Oh yeah, because I'd, t- I'd managed yeah. to type it up in some kind of format then. It'd come off the page yeah. and into a digital And form. I was sitting there and this thing, and I didn't know you very well because like I know you through the school because your daughter is in the same class as my daughter. So that's how we yeah. know each other. We only sort of got to know each other a little bit recently. And uh, this poem arrived in my WhatsApp and I read it and I was just like, oh, my God, this is I felt like you just, you know, that song. I felt she read my letter and you know, that one one is a singing my pain with his fingers. Oh, yes. (laughs) What is it? What am I trying to say? I want to say say Lauren Hill, but she didn't do the the cover of it. But it's like your man with his guitar or it's that woman who sang You're So Vain. What's her name? Who used to go out with um, Warren Beatty? Oh God! What was you know her what name? I'm talking about? We'll come back to that uh, listeners in what a second. I know <laughs> this is us adult now, pandemically adult brains who can't remember. But killing me softly with his songs, the thing I'm thinking. And when I read your poem, it was like you were reading my mind into all the feelings that I was feeling. And I asked you, could I put it on Twitter because I felt like everyone else would like to read this as well. And you yeah. said, okay. I put it on Twitter, and it went mad. Yeah. I mean, it went like viral is a word, but really you couldn't have expected the kind of reaction. What was the reaction? Yeah, well, the react. I mean, thanks for sharing it, first of all, because I'm not on Twitter. I'm a bit oh, I just wanted to get some kudos for like sharing <laughs> something so brilliant, to be honest. <laughs> no, it was great. And that really kind of launched it all for me. Um, yeah, the feedback was amazing. Like, I think by the next day it was just... I was getting texts from people. I was get like, I got a text from my cousin saying, here, I just got sent your poem in a WhatsApp group and my name wasn't even on it. Do you yeah, Because you right. actually said to me, will you, will you just put your name? I know, I forgot. We should, we like, got a bit carried away. If we'd have known, <laughs> we would have put your name on it straight away. So, yeah. And like, I got messages from, I mean, to be fair, you know, it was lots of women. There was men as well, you know, sending me messages saying, listen, I'm there. I'm with you. Like, you're not on your own. Me too. You know, I'm sick of the banana bread and I'm sick of the, you know, uh, and, and the park and everything yeah. else. And So, yeah, so that was amazing. And then, I, I mean, I got messages from all over the world saying, you know, I'm here in, there was a woman from India, you know, and <laughs> people in Australia and stuff, you know, and like, we're here and we feel exactly the same way. You know, like, it might be sunnier, maybe mm. we don't have the rain, but it's still pretty shit. Like, yeah. so it was kind of lovely. And it was lovely then to get that sense I mean the word community it's so kind of thrown around isn't it now but to get that sense of okay like we're all in this together we're all in this shit together yeah you know what I mean and it's okay to call it as it is it's shit yeah and And I think those times were different I think there was that community that was that feeling that we were all sort of I mean you know in the same sea anyway or there was some commonality which I think has kind of changed now I sense it's a little bit different now so so that was quite a unique space we were all in I think before we carry on we should probably read it so people who don't maybe know about it can get a sense and then talk about how I suppose unleashing that one poem turned you into Jan Bruton the poet and you couldn't stop which is kind of amazing so let's have this one and, and, and let's talk about that afterwards what day is it Who gives a fuck? I teach, I clean, I play, I cook. This lockdown is a fucking pain. Oh, look, fuck's sake, here comes the rain. Another day, another park. I'm wishing it would just get dark. Please, no more fucking walks or yoga, baking or art with chalk. No meditation. Fuck cold sea dips and fuck your healthy eating tips. All I want is a fucking hug. A chat close up with the massive mug of tea. None of this takeout crap. 
I'd touch her hand, she'd slap my back. We'd laugh and talk. I'd share my cake. We'd talk about who we think is fake. We might say, fuck it, stay out late. We'd grab an early bird at eight. We'd talk and chat and talk some more. We'd link as we walk out the door. On the bus, I'd text to say, my friend, I've had a lovely day. But fuck, what day is it? I don't have a fuck. I teach, I clean, I play, I cook. Oh my God, John, you've brought me right back there. And I ne- <laughs> it's a place I never want to go back to. Remember it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I'll never forget it. But, um, you know, you just captured it there. And I think the interesting thing is that you are a creative person. You're a stylist in real life. You're, you do design. Uh, you know, that is your world. But but words and poetry had not been your world. But when he wrote that poem, which is amazing, you couldn't, uh, you just couldn't stop. It was like a dam had burst in you. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't stop and everything was kind of up for grabs. I was just like writing about how I was feeling and maybe looking around me and I kind of had it in my head, you know, like, oh, I see feelings in people. Like It was like, you know, I was kind of making stories up as I was watching people walk through the fucking park every day. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I was sending them to you, which was lovely because I felt like I had, you know, someone to throw a pair of eyes over them that, you know, would be kind of open to that. So that was really brilliant. Um, yeah, and I just couldn't stop. Like there was one night, I'm I'm pretty sure I told you the story where I was in bed and Austin was asleep and there was something going through my head. And I think it was the poem, you know, and everything is shit. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I have to write this down. And it was like a rhythm of it. And I didn't want to wake him up. So I kind of reached into the corner. I knew there was a pen there. So I got the pen. And then I was like, fuck, there's no paper. And I got up and went into the toilet and just pulled off some toilet paper and started writing on it. And I may have told you the story before. And I think you texted me back and said, keep that toilet paper. And I was like, well, I can't use it now. I'll have green ink all over my arse if I wipe myself with it. But like it literally, it just felt it was just coming and I couldn't stop it. Yeah. And um like on reflection you know they were actually all right like what I wrote was actually good well they certainly were because a few months later you had a book of poetry which is just extraordinary it's called what day is it who gives a fuck it's um a beautiful little yellow book which people can get in very cool shops like designist and mo muse in the paris Town center and loads of other places so was that an amazing thing to you that someone wanted to publish? It's by New Island, yeah, which New is a Island prestigious publisher, yeah, you know. Yeah. And here you are, who'd never written a poem before in your life, and suddenly you have a book of poetry to your name. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those. It all happened so organically. Yeah, I mean, like, so you wouldn't say, oh, it was a dream come true, because it was never, you know, it was <laughs> never anything that was ever on my kind of, you know, radar. So it was just a gorgeous opportunity. And then um, I do drawings as well. So then some of the drawings went in with the book as well. And... Yeah, like, it was just, you know, I remember Faith, who was like the literary agent, um, and I, she's your literary agent as well, yes, I think. Yeah. She's so she doesn't have much work to do with me, but, you know. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's great, yeah. But I remember Faith kind of saying to me, you know, well, does this publishers, and they'd love to do a book, and what do you think, you know? And I was like, well, yes, of course. Like, why would I say, you know, I was like, there's no one else saying, do you want a book? <laughs> These people are saying we'd love to do a book with you. So, yeah, and there was lovely freedom and kind of energy and stuff given to me. And actually, that's one thing I very, very clearly remember. I remember doing one of the kind of meetings with them. Of course, it was all done by Zoom. It was like, I only met Faith like a number of weeks ago even, you know. And I remember coming off one of the meetings and saying to Austin, that's the first time in a long time 
where I really felt like people were listening to me. And and he was like, what do you mean? And I said, like, I just, uh, we were talking about the cover and there was a lot of to and fro about the cover. And because I'd be quite creative, I'd been making all these little things going, what about if it looked like this and it should be this size? And they'd come with a suggestion and I'd kind of gone, yeah, no, not really into that. But naturally I would be the type of person that would go, well, look, it's not really for me, but yeah. let's see where we can kind of meet in the middle. Mm. But straight away they were like, no. If you don't want that, we won't be going down that road. I was just like, this is weird. Why mm. am I not? Why are they not trying to make, turn me around to their way of thinking? Mm. It was just such a lovely experience for me mm. from a creative perspective yeah. as well. And um, the thing is, it, it, you know, the poems are all, they're very observational. They're about the world that you're yeah. moving through, that a lot of us are moving through, whether it's the supermarket, whether it is those walks in the park or or just sadnesses that people are going through. Mm. Your ant- antennae are really sharp. And I'm going to put a, because I know you gave up alcohol uh, just under two years ago. Yeah. Do you feel it had anything to do with that? Because I, I know you've spoken before about how, it kind of opened you up a bit. So tell us about giving up drink because you didn't have like a problem like you had to go to rehab or anything. But no. you had a moment, didn't you, where you thought, yeah. I don't know if I want to carry on yeah. drinking alcohol. Yeah, so it was May, not gone, but the May before. So it was still lockdown-y. And, uh, <laughs> I went to the shop to get a pint of milk because we'd no milk and I came back and I had a bottle of white wine and I had four bottles of Bulmers for my husband. And I hadn't, and I had the milk as well, like, but... But you hadn't gone out for the wine. You'd gone out I've for just in milk. for the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I just, yeah, I hadn't, I just mindlessly got it. And I, and I was like, Jesus, like, where did that come from? And I suppose in a way then, obviously I was mindlessly drinking it. You know, I hadn't realised that it was, it had become part of my day-to-day thing. And I just thought, how about maybe when I go down for the milk, I just get the milk the next time mm-hmm. and I'll see how I go. <laughs> And I thought I'd get through to the summer. And then I said, oh, sure, I'll see how I go. I'll see how I go till Christmas or whatever. And I just personally found I had a lot more clarity in my own thinking. And I had a lot more clarity in my own kind of confidence. And I'm not massively confident, but I I was able to kind of deal with that a bit better. Because I used to get the really bad Catholic guilt-filled hangovers. Like I said to you before, it's like, I see dead people. Like I literally, you know... It'd kill me. Um, so, so there was those uh, really dark, shameful almost times of self-loathing after yeah. after a big drinking binge or just like a bottle of wine or whatever it was. Yeah, and like it wouldn't even have to be a big drinking binge in a way because like I'd be getting the bottle of wine with the milk and then sure, you know, like you open up a bottle of wine. Yeah. And like, to be fair, I like the feeling of having a drink. I like the fuzziness. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so, yeah, like... It, I just thought, you know what, let's see if I can just get on without the loving, the fuzziness and the buzziness of it and everything mm. else. And it turned out and you I could. it was okay. And then yeah. and you got rid of those hangovers. So do you think, going back to the clarity of thought that you feel it came, yeah. do you think that helped in terms of the, that poem suddenly arriving and then suddenly all these other poems arriving and you looking around and seeing things really clearly in a way that so deeply resonated with lots of people? I mean, do you connect the two things? Yeah, I do. I mean, personally, I don't know whether, <laughs> you know, whether it is the case, but I personally, yeah, felt that it kind of freed me up a little bit more, that I didn't kind of have the the kind of, not even like a paranoia, but almost like a second guessing of myself and my own abilities. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't seem to be as strong in me now as it was before. You know, and equally, I don't want to say like I'll never drink again, because maybe I will, and I don't want it to turn into a big thing then that I can't do. 
But I definitely, there's been a clarity in my kind of creativity even since I don't have it. The new Safe Ireland Survivor Fund, in partnership with Airbnb, enables Safe Ireland to contribute to sustainable supports for women and frontline services and to provide focused actions for children. You can play a critical role in helping to protect more women and children from abuse. Donate directly to your local domestic violence service or to the national work of Safe Ireland. Go to www.safeireland.ie for more information. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're going to get you to read a, a very Christmassy poem that oh, is yeah. not in the book that you've just written and that you sent to me, which is why I wanted you to come on, because we were looking for a little Christmassy vibe for, for this particular episode, seeing as we're in the thick of turkey and ham um, season. Actually, do you have turkey and ham? Is that your go-to yeah, Christmas dinner? Yeah, moms, yeah. Because you know the way some people have their nut roast or they have their uh, no. goose or they have, you no. just stick with the... Yeah, turkey and ham, like all yeah. the way. Yeah, oh, no, I'll be like I'll be looking to find a couple of turkey and ham dinners out <laughs> in various places over the season. Do you I, like Brussels sprouts? I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah, me too. Who like, doesn't like Brussels sprouts? I'm actually very suspicious. Two kids. Well, I'm suspicious of that. I don't know. Yeah. I Brussels sprouts them. are amazing, and I'd yeah. have them other times in the year. I don't. Oh just yeah, have me them too. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what I'm fond of doing with a Brussels sprout is roasting them. I because believe that's it's very nice. It's, I just this is turning into a cookery show now. Do you? Listen, yeah, I'm going mean, to tell I've you. Go, go t- and get some fresh ones and throw them in the oven with some olive oil and sea salt and just you know come back to me then. Okay. Because they're just beautiful. They're they they keep their moistness, but there's a kind of crunchy thing going oh, on as yeah. well. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Yeah, we're definitely going <laughs> into cooking <laughs> territory now. Yeah, <laughs> I like prune here or something. Um, but yeah, so. It's coming on to that time where we're going to have that lovely dinner, um, which I should remind everyone, it's just a roast dinner. So don't get too head up. I think Grace uh, Dent was on the podcast last episode and she said that. Just don't forget it's just a roast dinner. It is just a roast dinner. But talk to me about owning kind of your creativity and seeing yourself now as a writer and a poet. And that thing where what we sometimes do is we try and push that down or we don't want to be seen to, to have too much ambition or, you know, it all happened quite organically, like you said. But now... You are still writing poetry, so you are a writer. You're doing that. How have you adjusted to kind of that? Has that been a bit of a process? Yeah, yeah. And I'm only probably kind of like really facing into it now because, as you know, it all just kind of unfolded very organically and very naturally. And now I'm at the stage where I'm like, okay, so do I just put that down to a lovely experience, an opportunity that happened? Or do I, am I in it? You know, and if I'm in it, then I have to do it with intention now. So I'm still writing. I probably have the bones of another book 
really? you know, written. Yeah, and I even know what I'd like to call it. And it's really, a lot of the stuff I'm writing about, weirdly, has been about kind of love and the woman and the woman's body and ageing and stuff like that. And again, really simple stuff. It all rhymes. For some reason, everything <laughs> rhymes. But, you know, like, that's just, it, it works for me. So, yeah, and it does. It feels uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable to be putting yourself out there in that way and to refer to myself as maybe a writer or a poet mm. or you know I, I've been lucky I got to do some lovely things over the year and I like one of the last things I did a recording for a radio show or something you know the woman when she was kind of doing my little profile she was like so what do I say are you a writer are you whatever you know because there's actually a poem in the book about some woman saying to me you know well what are you and I was like the only thing I was really sure about was well I'm my age and I'm a mother. What age are you? I'm 46. Right. And I'm a mother of two. Right. And she was like, yeah, but what are you? Like, she wanted me to creatively express myself and tell her what I want. Am I a writer? Am I this or am I that? And like, I didn't do that. I didn't feel comfortable. But I'm definitely getting more comfortable with the uncomfortableness of that feeling, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And what would you say then to anyone listening who's kind of on that burgeoning feeling of expressing themselves in whatever way it could be music could be writing it could be through craft you know we all have kind of got in touch with a few more hobbies I think during this time yeah you know would you advise people to pursue it and not second guess like you've talked about that clarity yeah when something sort of seems to be bubbling up like you gave it full expression yeah you didn't damp it down you didn't tell yourself what are you talking about you're you know you're a silly woman or something like that which sometimes we do yeah so what would you say to anyone who's kind of feeling maybe the burst of a bit of creativity coming up just go for it do it and share it do you know and I think sharing it is the nice thing I think often with creativity and with art and you know music anything like that writing and stuff um you know it's there to be shared you know unless it's a personal diary or something but do you know um that really worked for me and that's where I've gotten a lot of you know um kind of positivity myself but it's stuff that's really kind of bolstered me and kind of kept me going like people like yourself and just the messages and stuff that you know when you do share something out there you know one person saying that made my day or I'm sitting here reading this you know a girl texted me yesterday saying I'm weeping over a coffee in Bewley's I've just read this <laughs> poem and you know like look I'm sorry she was crying but it meant a lot to me that it meant that it <laughs> yeah you know you moved of, her so yeah so I'd say share it yeah just share it like be a bit fearless Okay. Um, and share it yeah would you say this um year and this journey with poetry i said that, that i'm not, I'm not supposed to use that word journey. journey this experience with poetry do you think it's increased your confidence john yeah it has yeah and that's not something that i feel comfortable even saying it's funny isn't it like the whole idea of being ambitious and being focused and moving towards it and saying yeah do you know what i am gonna write and what i write is actually quite good that sounds very confident saying it, but it doesn't feel mm. tremendously confident getting it out in a way. Mm. Um, can I be two things at once? I think I can. Like, do you know? I, <laughs> I think, think you can, can. I think you can be confident, but then equally be a bit. Uh, yeah. You know. Terrified. And I suppose the other thing is about poetry is like you know you've Seamus Heaney, you've Patrick Kavanagh, you've you know all these names that we're used to learning in school. I mean, I, it may your your story makes me think of Imelda May, who has yeah. an amazing book out at the moment too. Yeah. Again, full of really visceral kind of poetry that I think is very universal. I sent Imelda an email actually to say, if you're ever doing a poetry gig and you need a support <laughs> act, this is great. But then I was like, 
do poetry gigs have support? Well, they like, do now have, if you're yeah. inventing it. But I just think, again, like we know Imelda for writing songs, but she's been writing poetry for years, I think. And it's wonderful to see her having that other outlet. So, yeah, it's just great when you start pulling that thread sometimes what can, can happen. Yeah. So tell us about writing this poem. This has got a very Christmassy theme and I think it's a lovely one to send everyone off, whether they're, they're wrapping their presents or whether you're taking the heads and tails off the old beautiful Brussels sprouts or whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, this will send you off in a, your merry way. But how did the inspiration for this one come? Well, the kids were writing the letter to Santa. And, you know, it's it's quite nice, actually. Willow was like, I don't really need anything. I'm going to ask him for an experience, you know. And then Theo was like, you just want, I don't know, Pokemon or something. And I just thought, well, what would I ask for? You know, or what would what would a mammy ask for? What are all the things you wish for in a day? Um, You know, and then there's times, I think... You know, like I'd sit in the kitchen and I might have a lovely cake and the kids will come in and it'll be broken and they'll eat all the bits and then I'm just left with the little bits at the end and you're like, mm, it's lovely. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, I just love a bit of time to have a cake of my own. So that was, I, mean, I suppose the inspiration was that, you know, what are all the things that as a busy mom, a busy woman, you know, that you might ask Santa for that he, if he could, you know, if, if he knew no bounds... And uh, he could get anything that you wanted. It's a long list. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, Santa can do anything. So yeah. take it away there, John. Dear Santa, this Christmas, please can you bring all of the below? I've been mostly good this year. I've tried my best, even though I felt sometimes like that wasn't good enough. And I always help everyone around me before I help myself. I would like another pair of hands. Eyes at the back of my head. A few extra hours in the day. Come to think of it, some extra hours in the night too for sleeping. Patience. I ask God every day to grant me some, but he hasn't come through with them yet. There must be a shortage. That's why I'm asking you, Santa. Confidence. Just the normal confidence, please, Santa. The type that I can use every day that won't run out. Not that new type. That type that makes you share pictures of yourself in your knickers and tell everyone that you love your flabby bits. A flat belly. Longer legs, straighter teeth, perky boobs that stand to attention without one of them bulletproof bras. A mascara that doesn't have to be washed off before you go to bed. A cleaner, a cook, a volume switch so I can turn everyone down and turn myself up. A voice that is heard, a lie in, a night out, a day off, a hug that I don't have to ask for. A chat that I don't have to start. Away from my face, not to tell everyone else what I really think. How old are you, Santa? Do you feel old? Do you work all year round? Are you always trying to figure out what other people want? I leave you a biscuit, Santa, and a Guinness. It's yours now. Don't divide the biscuit out to the little elves if they ask for some. Don't be giving them the bigger bits and you only take the crumbs. From ma'am. Mammy, ma, mummy, mum, mother. I answer to all of these. <laughs> That's so interesting about the crumbs, you know. Yeah, I don't think it. Does that I, happen to you? Yeah, well, no, because I'm, I'm I'm not that mad about cake. I'd be more like wanting the extra chips or crisps or something like that. But yeah, it's interesting about don't don't leave yourself just with the crumbs. Take the bit that you you deserve the bits, and I yeah. think that's a theme running through your poetry, actually, Jan, and something yeah. that sounds like you're coming to in your own self about mm. you know taking standing up and with intention taking what you feel is there for you and mm. not feeling ashamed of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. You see it. It's probably easier for you to see it than me in a way. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, but yeah, I suppose it's just you do see it and, and look again, like I I posted that on Instagram and I got messages from women who aren't moms and they were like, Yeah, all of those things. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? And um and I'm sure some men maybe can kind of you know, can completely uh, get it as well but yeah I suppose you you know there's definitely been an awakening this year for me mm. definitely and I found my voice yeah so I just have to try and keep it now well, <laughs> or turn the volume up yeah <laughs> turn the volume up is a good one so listen uh, Christmas is around the corner what's it looking like for you or do you love Christmas are you a Christmassy person so Christmas for me kind of kicks off my birthday John Fest which I had <laughs> a little while ago so that was great and that always kind of like gets me, you know, it gets me kind of going. And I'll just go out to my mom and dad's, my husband and the kids, and we'll get fed and watered and sent home with turkey and ham in tin foil and all that kind of jazz. Oh, I love it. And it's just time out, like, and just sharing yeah. time, actually. It's just time. That's the other thing I've realised. The only thing that we have to give and the only thing that's great to get is a bit of time. Exactly. And I think with this thing that is rumbling on two years later, we can't believe it. I mean, I remember last Christmas telling my daughters, oh, no, no, don't worry. Next Christmas will just be back, back to, to normal. normal. I feel yeah. like, you know, such a like a liar. But I really believed it when I said it, you yeah, know. I think we all did. Yeah. But I think that's it. It's just the board games. It's the charades. It's the hanging out together and whatever presents end up under the tree. That's grand. But it really isn't. It's just about us all getting together. And I know it's really cliched, but that's what I'm looking forward to. And not thinking about any work and not listening to the radio news. No. And putting the Christmas songs on and just hanging out and being together. Yeah. It's going to be amazing, I hope. It is. Yeah. God bless us one and all. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jan Burton, thank you. Very, poet oh, extraordinaire. Thank you. thank you very much for coming into my bed office and uh, sharing your lovely work. Yeah, we'll go and have a chill out. <laughs> uh, it's lovely to see you and thank you so much. Thanks, Roisin. That's all we have time for. Happy Christmas and thanks so much to Jan Bruton and her book is called What Day Is It Who Gives a Fuck? And it would make a fantastic little last minute present for lots of people. Have a lovely Christmas. Have a great time. I hope you get to relax and enjoy yourself and try and escape a little bit from all the pandemic carry on. Do keep in touch with us on social at IT Women's Podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter. We're on email, thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. That's it from me. And the podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves. Happy Christmas. And I'll talk to you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 